there, it's Amy. Welcome to ChirpCast. Encouragement with heart, humor, and a little sarcasm. When you hear the word holy, what images come to mind? I always think of something very royal or regal, um, maybe a giant throne, a room with huge columns and marble floors. I mean, we're talking like Hollywood set grand. That's what comes to mind when I hear the word holy. Probably a king with a very long red robe with white fur. Seriously, the whole nine yards. That's what comes to mind for me. I started thinking about what holy means for us. I'm taken aback, I guess, when I really thought about how the word holy makes me think of the word whole, as in W-H-O-L-E. Okay, so I'm going to get into a little bit of etymology today, which is the study of words, and I promise it's going to be a lot less painful than it sounds. It has nothing to do with getting a colonoscopy. It is going to be very painless. The actual word holy, H-O-L-Y, means to be dedicated or consecrated to God or a religious purpose, something that is sacred, okay? So the English word holy dates all the way back to at least the 11th century. It's an old English word, halig, which is an adjective. And here's where it got me. Derived from the word hail, which means whole, W-H-O-L-E, as in complete, uninjured, healthy. I mean, the entire thing (laughs) to be whole, to be made whole. Okay, so I was surprised because I always thought the word holy should have something to do with God of the universe and we suck. I mean, that's pretty much what comes to mind (laughs) because I don't think of us as being holy. I certainly don't think of myself as holy. It's very easy to get caught and lost in the weeds of how unholy I am. I mean, the Bible tells us there is none righteous, not one. Jesus was the perfect lamb of God that came and took away the sins of the world, including mine, including yours. And it's a matter of us falling underneath his covering that makes us holy. And I think that's so cool. So there's another word that I have gone back and forth, and I've actually debated, namely my husband, because... In our circle, I suppose, the word sanctified is used often. I kind of debated if I wanted to even touch the subject because I know that there are some people who are very touchy about the subject, but the word is sanctified and the definition of the word sanctified, and I looked this up a long time ago because I was just curious for my own curiosity sake, I guess, that the word sanctified means to be used for the intended purpose. So if I have an ink pen and I am writing with that ink pen, that ink pen is in the process of being sanctified because it is being used for its intended purpose to write. So when I think about us as Christians and being sanctified and what that means for us, I believe that when we are sanctified, it is a daily working of the Holy Spirit in our lives, helping us to be and do what God has called us to be and do what he has called us to do. That to me is being sanctified. We are being used for our intended purpose according to God. Hebrews 10 verse 14 says, starting in 14 going all the way to 18, for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. 
And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And then he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Okay, if I was at church, I would say amen, and I would probably get an amen back because that's an awesome scripture. That whole passage right there, Hebrews, the way that he talks about reminding us that it was one single offering. It was Jesus's blood that is completely covering all of our sins. And by his blood, that is what continues to save us and sanctify us as we continue to walk in his will. Now, back to the word holy. To be holy is, it's kind of a command, actually. Colossians 3 tells us in verse 12, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So right in the beginning, right off, he says, as God's people, you are already holy and dearly loved. He doesn't say, work your fingers to the bone and volunteer at every youth event that they ever have on the face of the earth, and then you can become holy. Never ever say the wrong thing, and then you can be holy. Always be perfect, and then you can be holy. That's ridiculous. He's telling us that we are his children, and we are covered under who Jesus is, and that makes us, his children, holy. I have this quote that came to mind this morning when I was talking, um, I guess, to myself, because that's who I was talking to. (laughs) I was just thinking about it. And it's, holiness isn't perfection. It's wholeness. We are made whole in Jesus. And because he makes us whole, we become holy. It may sound confusing because perfection is something that is, I think, pushed and pushed and pushed. I know that sometimes our children feel the pressure to be perfect. I know that as a pastor's wife, in the beginning, I felt the pressure of what it was to be perfect. And the funny thing was, it wasn't the outside source that made me feel like I had the need to be perfect. It was my own things that I had a list in my head that made me think, if I do this, 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 and this, I will be perfect. Nobody ever said, Amy, you have to do this, and then you're perfect. Because I'm not. It's never going to happen. I am sorry. I am not perfect. And you're not either. And I think it's okay to own that. It's okay to own our imperfections. What's not okay is to allow things and to choose things to be in our lives that cause us to be further and further away from Jesus. It's like standing in a spotlight. If you're standing right there in that spotlight, everything's on display. You know, that you can see everything around you. You are on full show. The farther you step out of that spotlight, and as you step away from that spotlight, you step into darkness eventually. The farther back from the light you get, the more in the shadows you become. 
and we forget that God calls us to be holy. In doing so, he is calling us to be sanctified, to be completely used for the intended purpose that he has for us. But we don't want to do that. We want to do life our own way. We want to make our own choices, and we want to be mad when things don't happen our way. And we want to let things come into our lives that are going to rob us of the holiness that God has called us to. We want to allow for things to come in that are going to be destructive. They're going to weigh on our minds and our hearts and eventually in our spirits. And when we're so weighed down, we don't want to go to the light because it's easier to hide in the dark. The Bible tells us that. It says that men, they don't like the light. (laughs) They love darkness. And why? Because in the darkness, we can hide. We think we can hide, I guess. That's probably a, a huge misnomer there is to think that we can hide when we're in the dark. We might be able to hide from people for a while, but you're not going to hide from God. He is always watching. And that to me is a comfort. When I was a teenager, I used to worry, you know, oh my gosh, if I do anything wrong, God is going to tell my parents. <laughs> And you know what? He probably did. And there were a few times I got busted for some stuff that I should not have been doing. But as an adult and as someone who fully wants to be immersed in his light, I want to be on full display for God to be able to to dig into my heart, to be able to tell me and call me out when I am doing or saying or moving in a direction that God is like, that is that is not okay. You need to back it off a little bit, but we don't want to do that. We don't want to ask God to search our hearts like David. We want God to just be quiet and only come rescue us when we find ourselves in trouble. I want to be completely open to God. I want him to be able to talk to me, to discipline me when I need it, and encourage me when I need that as well. I can't expect to grow And to be more like Christ, to become holy as he has called me to be, if I'm not willing to let my whole heart be changed and transformed into who he wants me to be, to be fully sanctified, to be used for the purpose that he has called me to. Maybe you're kind of in a situation right now where you feel like God could care less what you're doing. Maybe you feel like you've stepped back from God and you don't want to step into the light because if we step into the light, it shows off all the flaws. Well, God already knows. There's no hiding and he's not waiting to beat you over the head. Yes, there are consequences for our actions in life, but God is not a God who is going to send you to hell because you repented. That's not how it works. When we come to God with an open, honest heart and we say, God, whatever it is that you want me to do, I need to be fully open to you to allow you to make changes. That's all God's asking. He's asking for us to want and desire holiness through wholeness in him. I hope that you were encouraged. I told you it wouldn't be super painful. If you would like to hear more about I guess just what it is that I think is this walk of faith that I am on. I would love for you to follow me on Instagram at ChirpCastAmy. Feel free to please like, share, and follow. And if you're encouraged, I would love for you to share with someone else. Don't keep it to yourself. 
I will catch you next time. 